Bright Suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my son. This is so wizard. We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. <laughs> Bad feeling about this. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So this is where the fun begins. Ha 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 ha! What are you talking about? This is madness. You can't. What did Lisa say? Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars friends! Hey, what's happening, children of the watch? I am your host, Fake Christopher Marin in here, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends, part of the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. I'm just kidding. This is really Justin. But with me today, as always, are my Star Wars friends. This is Josh, and I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. This is Kyle, and I cannot believe that I saw a live-action Bo-Katan in mm-hmm. my life, in the real world, it's a thing that we have now. Played by the same person who plays her in thankfully. the animated series, which is fantastic. Yes, thankfully. So, I wonder how many um, times that's happened, like across major IPs, where they've been able to do that. Someone comes from the animated sector and is able to do both. That's a good question because I know, like, I can't uh, think of any. I, I, no, and I know Mark's been close to Joker a couple times. He's played Trickster, I think, in, was it the the Flash series? That's Is correct. That, who, who yeah. that sounds there? right. Yeah, so it's a pretty close character uh, relation there, but not quite the full, the full yeah, spectrum. Yeah, you hear about Joker. people going the other way every now and then, a live actor you know, doing the voice for an animation, but I, I don't know about the other way around. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Wanted, look into that. Yeah, I mean, and that that is way more common sure. though because you, it's a, vo- a lot of times you're not hiring, you know, a voice actor for the way they look. So yeah, that's you know, a pretty mm-hmm. nice uh, coincidence that she's able to be on camera, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think we we've raved we've raised questions about that in the past too about Ahsoka, mm-hmm. right? If we're Sensitive getting a live subject, we're going to get there. Yeah, is it Rosario? Is it I'm Ashley? Nervous. Who's it gonna be? Is it Rosario, but with the voice of Ashley? We don't know. Could be a big mystery when we get there. So, um, but every everybody, hey, welcome to the show. Here, um, we are down two members today. We are missing. Uh, we are missing Chris and Maggie. Uh, they are off doing other things today. So it is the three amigos or the three hey. Hasbro amigos, if you will. <laughs> We've got Steve Chevy. And uh, Martin here, and we are going to ham it up today talking about... Dips on Chevy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you picked man, the I'm asshole. I'm a short guy. <laughs> wow, I'm surprised. 
<laughs> um, it, hey, one of them still had like two of them still have a pretty decent career. Oh no, I've just, just always saying. heard that Chevy Chase is terrible, <laughs> like behind the scenes. I've heard, I've heard that. Yeah, I've it's heard okay, that. Um, good stuff. But no, the three of us, the three of us are here today. We're gonna talk some. Uh, we're gonna talk some Mandalorian in our third, our third episode here. We've got a couple other things to go through here first with news and notes, though. Uh, celebration countdown. We are roughly ninety-one weeks from celebration, so we it's getting closer getting day there. by day. One week at a time, guys. Yeah, it's just like twenty twenty. One week at a time. One day at a time. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's getting closer. It's not 90, 92 weeks and seven days like it was. Like, no, because that would be ridiculous. <laughs> but we're at ninety-one weeks and counting, and uh, you know we've got lots of big plans for when celebration gets here. We're gonna have some fun by the pool, and uh, hope to see all your smiling faces there. Um, and we can't wait to see like exclusives and books and everything else we're gonna get there. But it's still a ways away. Got ninety-one Guys, weeks. It's actually a little bit away. Ninety weeks. Six days and Ooh. twenty-four hours away. Oh, okay, okay, good. Oh. We're just a little bit off. I thought about breaking it down to <laughs> all the way to minutes and seconds, but I just—that's how much time I need no. to get um, my beach body ready for California. So that's good. That works out. None of us will have any excuses. <laughs> that's for sure. I'll find Monday one. Morning. I challenge you to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, the last time when when it was in Anaheim last time, and Kyle and I went. There, where the hotel we stayed at, the Embassy Suites, on the way back and forth to the convention center, there was a gelato stand right there, and I think we passed it just I about. I think it was Italian day, ice, actually. Go. Yeah, Italian ice. We 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 didn't go until maybe what? Yeah, two days we left we missed an opportunity. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> he goes, well, if you bought five, you got one free, and we were like, we were here really? just he, enough like, time. Punch yeah. card and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we missed out on that opportunity but um you know next year <laughs> when we go hopefully we're staying in the same hotel i'm gonna be hitting up that italian ice every day past yeah, we'll show you all the, all the different flavors i'm excited i'm excited for the italian ice <laughs> have you guys uh th- this is a weird segue but it'll make sense in a second have you guys seen already. <laughs> jack black's uh wap video wap video uh, i caught a, i caught part <laughs> of it it is elaborately produced so tab showed me that and i said oh so you're telling me i have a celebrity body i think that's fair (laughs) have you ever heard of chris farley because (laughs) i think i also have a celebrity body just a dead (laughs) i haven't seen it i'm gonna have to check this out now oh he's actually got moves for a big guy he's got incredible moves oh jack black yeah oh yeah oh yeah he dances in a He's lot triple of threat. Shooter or something. Hey, Star Wars friends, it's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and the resident John Williams One Percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams One Percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you push up your glasses at the other 99%. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations. Is some guy named Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. Um, with that very awkward segue. <laughs> I um, liked it. <laughs> let's get back on track with some Star Wars, but... Uh, 
Monday, this past Monday, uh, was Mando Monday, Mando I believe Monday. number four, right? A lot. It seems like so four? many because they're all $1,000 each. <laughs> Kyle's to, counting really by dollars, not by days. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first one, well, they did that a couple weeks ago, right? And then they waited to roll out the new ones when the show teaser. came out. So I think we're actually on week, you know, week three of the show, but it's actually the fourth Mando Monday that we've got. And I didn't, Sounds right. I don't know if you guys saw a lot, but the main things that I saw that came out were mostly from Hasbro again, which was uh, the Black Series, uh, Grief Karga, uh, Quill, and Moff Gideon. I didn't see anything else really out Not there. Much. Did you guys? Not really. I think I saw some other stuff, but nothing that really caught my eye. The only things I picked up were the Black Series. Is yeah, and I, Justin, you'll probably know this, but is that Moff Gideon the first um, figure that's come with the dark saber? N- oh, good question. No, I think I don't know. I, I don't think so. Didn't the vintage the series have in, it? Um, are you talking about like the pre Vizsla figure? No, I'm talking about the, a- the Moff Gideon one. Um, yes, there's, there's, well, but I don't know which one's actually hitting the market. Well, I, I meant, I meant like those, fi- they're, they're both coming overall. out right now. Yeah. Has, yeah. Has um, the pre Vizsla, I think had the dark saber. It's in that line, well, the, the blue card backs with the dice that had a game with it. There's a pre Vizsla figure that comes with the dark. That's kind of weak. He had the dark saber for like five. what? Five minutes or something. Got his head cut off. <laughs> I, Spoiler I, I, alert I for anybody Indiana, catching up on the Mandalorian it, stuff <laughs> in Clone Wars. Um, I, you know, don't quote me on that. I think he had it, but uh, oh, he had it. Clone Wars collection t- twenty ten. Yeah, he had. Yeah, it. okay. Yeah. Well, there we yeah. go. We got, I know we my got stuff. dark sabers two figures. and three coming out then. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was wondering was which they would put out first of of Moff Gideon was the three point seven five or the the black. The face sculpt on that is not the, amazing. No, it's just okay. Neither, neither was Greece. And, su- well, and they both have such recognizable faces, too. I, I mean, they're like yeah. so, so famous. They're not a little famous. Right, right. Um, And what's kind of interesting, like the Quill figure, I looked at the paint and it looks really light. Hmm. Uh, like the paint scheme kind of looked really light on that figure. But um, I actually just got the um, Death Trooper Car, uh, credit collection figure, the Black Series credit c- collection figure, they are really nice. Yeah. Um, those, dirty. the paint schemes with the card back, they are really nice figures. Um, you know, all of them that they did Mando, Kara, Death Trooper, um, Heavy Mando, and IG 11. They're just, I mean, they're really, really good figures. So, um, but yeah, so I, I didn't see much else there from Mando Monday. Um, we did, however, we did, however, actually get our first look at the inside of the Galactic Cruiser Star Wars hotel rooms. Did you guys see? The I saw one picture from those. I didn't see I the didn't others. See they had like, they had like two pictures. One of them was of the main bed and kind of what would look like a space. That's port. what I saw. And then the, the TV across from the bed on the wall. But then the other one, it kind of turned and looked the other way down the room. And you see like two bunk beds kind of right there. And then there's a hallway. And I'm assuming down the hallway to the left is the bathroom. And then at the end of the hallway is like the door to go out in the main aisle of the the Galactic Cruiser. So um, when is that? Yeah, it looks. When's that available for like uh, when can you get it for a night? 
I thought they were supposed to open like spring, summer of next year, um, which is why I think you're seeing one of the rooms, actual photos. I don't think it was an artist rendering. I think it was an actual photo of the inside of the room. Um, But I thought it was supposed to be next year, but obviously with the Rona and everything else, I don't don't know if they're still on target or on time. Stay on target. Um, are they, <laughs> how, how much you think that's going to be for a night? If it's got bunk beds and another like king or queen bed and. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to be like their high end hotels, like Polynesian or, um, what's that? What's it like? Swan, swan or dolphin. dolphin. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think you're also looking at your lower end oh, hotel not. rooms, like all-star no. sports, music, movies, no. I think you're looking at that middle, the middle packages, which is probably pretty similar to, um, what is it, um, like a Caribbean or um, I can't think of the uh, other one. I'll, I'll bet uh, you're lowballing it right now, Justin. Shoot. I'll bet it's high. I'll bet it's uh, higher. Maybe a little bit, but I don't think it's as high as Polynesian. But I could be wrong. Huh. I'm, I'm going to guess what twelve hundred a night, maybe. That's sort of that's sort of what I was kind of thinking. Which is high, mm-hmm. yes, but that's sort of what I was <laughs> expecting. Yep. Um, so I, I don't know, and and you know, obviously with Corona and every, them trying to get people down there to stay, I'm I'm assuming they're gonna play with rates yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll have to see. Well, hopefully, hopefully see. we can get other... a good rate and go try it out for a night. Yes. Yes. Uh, night. I'm in. I call top. I call Di- top bunk. I got dibs on top bunk. <laughs> I got dibs on top bunk. Um, the other big thing that happened today as we record this, it is Life Day, everybody. Finally. It is Life Day. Happy Life Happy Day. Happy Life Day. I know. Seemed like it took forever to get here. And with Life Day, we got the release of Lego Holiday Special on Disney+. I'm only Plus. halfway. Don't spoil it. I'm going to tell you don't all of do the it. things right now. All of them. I'm gonna it ruin is pretty it. good, though. I have, a sp- I have a spoiler. Spoiler alert. It's very, it's very canonically accurate. I think that might be not true. <laughs> Survey says <laughs> false. So with like, like we, I've watched through it. I've seen it actually twice now. I watched it once this morning before work and then kind of as background noise while I was working. Um, and you know what? It was still funny the second time I watched it all the way through. And it's it seems like it's going to be one of those that you can kind of watch all the way through to the end. You're still going to laugh at the jokes. Um, you're still going to find it funny. Um, I thought the story was, was really, really good how they put it together. Um, you know, big names abound, uh, in the cast of this, uh, Anthony Daniels returned as uh, C3PO. Uh, you got Billy D Williams as Lando, uh, your, your, uh, normal animated series people, D Bradley Baker, uh, James Arnold Taylor. Uh, they join the crew. Tom Kane is in there. Um, Kelly Marie Tran came back to play Rose. Um, Matt Lanter was in there uh, as Anakin. Um, My Anakin. Got Matt Sloan and Matt Wood. You had the three mats in there. Got to get the triple um, mats. Yeah, huge. It's the triple mat threat. Um, but they that. were all in there. They were all in there. <laughs> Speaking of hello there. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> um, if you haven't watched the holiday special yet, then pause right here, advance 30 seconds into the podcast, maybe two minutes into the podcast, and skip this section. So Star Wars Friends on our last show pretty much called that we would see all three all three Obi-Wans together. We got 
Now we only got one line out of him, but the triple hello there though. Funny. What more could you ask for? <laughs> it was hello there in stereo. <laughs> it was awesome. Surround sound. So, harmonized. Yeah. So um but if you haven't watched it yet, it's again, it's on Disney Plus streaming right now. It's it's uh it was a great it's like forty minutes, forty five minutes. It's a quick watch, I think. It's just under an um, hour. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's 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 really fun. You know, if you're if you're a big Star Wars canon person and that's all you are, please don't get mad at it. It's Lego. It's animated. It's f- supposed to be fun. You know, sometimes you got to relax a little bit and uh, just enjoy. It is fun. And I think you'll be able to like flip it on every year at the holiday season and still enjoy it. And what more could you ask for out of a holiday special, right? Oh, yeah. My uh my nephews are starting to get into my my oldest nephew is a big Lego person. He loves Legos and they're just starting to get into Star Wars. So that's going to be one of the first things that I think we we watch when uh, hopefully I get to see him uh, this Christmas when they come up. So the um, the person who did Ray's voice, though, is cracking me up. It kind of reminded me of uh, like a SNL impression <laughs> because it was like it was really on point, like the the kind of like the cadence and stuff of her voice, but it was too low. She had this like low, like, like throaty ring. thing. Yeah, and it was yeah. th- that it sounded like it was like a caricature of, yeah. of, of the actual voice. And it, mm. it just, it I know exactly reminded what you're me saying. of someone playing yeah. her on, playing her on a uh, TV. Like it was so close, so, but far enough that you can definitely tell. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, it was, it was well acted, well written, uh, you know, it, it's funny, makes you laugh. Uh, it, it was, it was served a good purpose during this, uh, this, uh, kind of challenging holiday we'll, season with, uh, COVID. We'll do there. something with this holiday special getting closer to, uh, you know, the actual earth holiday season, you know, next month oh, we'll, yeah. we'll do an episode, we'll do a watch, we'll do, we'll do something. Yeah. I think a watch party would be, I think that'd be fun to be really fun. Yeah. So they can um, see all the dumb so jokes that we both laugh at. <laughs> I yes. plan on making a few I, dumb we, jokes myself, Josh. <laughs> we, we we listened to the trailer right before this show. and um, Josh can't see what I'm watching on the trailer, but I'm still laughing at the jokes. And then he's laughing because he knows what part <laughs> came up in the trailer. And he's laughing. So, it, I mean, it, it's, it's funny, people. Go watch it. Go check it out and enjoy it uh, this holiday season. So... Hey, I'm Jason Fry. Thanks for listening to Star Wars Friends Podcast. This is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. Do not underestimate the power of this podcast. As we move into bigger things, speaking of TV, we're going to get right to the meat and potatoes here. We are going to talk Mandalorian, Episode 3, Season 2, Chapter 11... The That's what I'm here for. Let's do it. This is the uh, the deep dive of the heiress, if you will. So um, if you guys caught us on our Razorcrest uh, review show on Friday, we kind of walked back through the episode. Uh, you know, the day that we that it came out, we watched it. Um, we got on. We get on every Friday night after the episode airs at uh, 730. And we kind of discuss the show and, and what we liked and what we didn't like. So if you didn't get a chance to watch the show, don't jump on that show because we'll probably ruin it for you. Watch the show first, then come join us and talk about it. Um, but uh, today we're going to go through just kind of a, a couple things that we uh, picked up along in the show along the way that maybe we didn't cover in that show. Um, 
because we figure at this point, if you're listening to our show, you've already seen it. You know what happened. Um, but hopefully you share some of the thoughts and maybe saw some of the things that we, we saw. So um, this episode, uh, The Heiress, written by John Favreau, directed by uh, the fabulous Bryce Dallas Howard. Nailed it. Um, had a huge cast of characters in this one with new characters. Uh, we had Misty Rosas return as the frog lady. Um, we had John Cameron was playing the frog man. Uh, Norwood Cheek came, uh, came in as the Calamar- Mon Calamari server in the inn. Uh, Kevin Dorf was the deck officer. Um, Mercedes Vernado, Varnado, otherwise known as... Sasha Banks uh, comes in playing women's Oscar champ right Reeves. now. Yeah, she's um, high on the hog. What can I say? The we had uh, the incomparable Katie Sackoff on as Bo Katan. Um, Simo- uh, Simon Ca- Cassianitis Cassianitas as Axe Woves, and I I love Mandalorian names. They <laughs> they are awesome. The first when like, I looked up the credits, I thought it, when I looked up the credits credits i thought it said axe wolves and i was like okay enough's like, enough feloni <laughs> we get it <laughs> but their names are just so cool pre vizsla shay vizsla sabine rent like yeah. boba fett oh, jango fett boba fett jango fett listen to it listen mm, to it the maybe, names don't maybe. even <laughs> sound as cool they don't even sound as cool as the know, other like ones when you put it side by side it's like yeah, yeah okay. shay vizsla um, but Boba Fett, but it Boba Fett, please. <laughs> that town. Uh, we had uh, Titus Welliver, also really good, known from Transformers, uh, a couple other movies. Always seems to play a bad guy. Uh, here we had him as the Imperial Captain, uh, Alexander Wraith as the freighter pilot, Philip Alexander as the security officer, and the return of Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon. Finally. Finally. Waiting for him. I'm deeply offended that you don't have unidentified Corin Boatman and unidentified (laughs) Corin Boatman's brother in this cast list, Justin. What about unidentified (laughs) Corin Boatman's brother's posse? There's like four of them. Right. They didn't even get credit. They're They're uncredited. Did Did you guys see the meme that somebody put up though of the? I don't know which would the port authority guy or the repair guy that you know he's, he's standing he's a there repairman. watching the razor crest yeah. fall in. He's got that gr- ugly green sweater on. Looks like he's you know working on. Ugly the sounds like an opinion. Somebody goes, okay. <laughs> somebody goes, why is he wearing uh, a sweater out of a J.C. Penny catalog? And it had a picture of a woman wearing the His green, sweater, exact yeah. green sweater that he had on from like a J.C. Penny catalog. It was hilarious. But um, he's not allowed. He's not yeah, allowed to so. order like uh, reasonably priced attire out of a catalog delivered to his doorstep. That seems rude. Hey, maybe J.C. Penny is doing better in the broader universe than they'd it almost is on our have to be right now. So <laughs> you never know. Um, but anyway, so we had a, a large cast of people on this episode, uh, returners, but uh, you know, a lot of new characters introduced. Um, you know, so we, when we start this episode, they instantly try to they pick up where the last episode left off and kind of show that drifting razor crest and try to put us in that sense of peril for Mando Child and Frog Lady right off the bat. Like they're coming in hot to the planet. 
they're kind of trying to make you feel tense yeah. right away. Did they did they make you feel tense at no, all? No, and I like that's I mentioned that a little bit on the uh on the live show. You can listen to that. It's still on YouTube or join us for the next one, but I feel like the Mandal- Mando and the child are safe. Their plot armor is such that they are never actually in real tangible danger of dying. You know, I think you could probably create some mm-hmm. tension with the child getting stolen, getting taken away from Mando. I don't think you're going to be able to convince me that they're actual in in real danger for their lives though. So I think uh, sometimes when they're creating these spots where you're supposed to feel that tension, I don't really get it. Like the, 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 Razor Crest Landing to me is like a really nice set piece, but I don't ever feel like they're in any actual danger. And I felt the same way with the Mama Rant. Is it a Mama Rant? Is that what it's called? The Mama, Mama Core. Core. There we go. M- Mama yeah. Core. The Mama Core. The giant squid thing on the boat. I thought that yeah. was like a really nice plot device, and it gave us a reason for the. I'm jumping ahead a little bit for the Night Owls to come rescue him, but mm-hmm. I did not ever actually feel like the the child or mando were in real danger am i alone right, I, there i think you can look no i no i think you're you're right i think they like to you know they're they're going to play with your emotions a little bit to make you think that they're really in danger when in reality these are the two uh main characters of the story so i mean unless feloni comes out and kills one of them in the first like five seconds which would absolutely shock everybody yeah um i i think they're it's a safe bet that they're good episode in and episode out that they're they're never going to be really in danger of of being killed off or or disappearing or something to that effect right um i think think mando could definitely die at some point in this series but i don't know if i see baby yoda dying i you know i was thinking about that a little bit too i think there's a way because it is called the mandalorian and they all call him mando and it it could be almost like a dread pirate roberts thing and he could pass on his armor Mm -hmm. to somebody else which we already know is a thing that mandalorians do and like i could see din jaren dying at some point down the road i don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon but like i have considered that i think that is possible but i don't think also anytime soon i don't think that the child is in real tangible danger and at that at that point though you're talking end of the series right not just not just a season i am yeah you're, we're talking end of the series, like, hey, let's wrap this up. It's been five seasons. How do we do this appropriately? Give Mando a good send-off, saving the child, whatever it may be. Not like, hey, start of season three, but we've got two more seasons after this. Mando dies in the first episode. Not that way, no, right? Definitely not that right. way. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I, so I, 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 I'm with you, Kyle. I don't, I don't think they, you know, they kind of, tease at it a little bit same with the mammacore that you were talking about later on i think they kind of hint that there's danger but that that forces that call to action right so i still think it's a fun set piece and advances the story it's like a nice gag sight gag at the end and i think it's all it it was good and then we get the (laughs) the cool like uh mon kala guy and his sweater right out of the east coast of the united states just looking at this thing with disgust, whatever, you know, I, which I liked. I thought the, 
the Moncala yeah. on here were much better than uh isn't there one in in the new uh squadrons video game that's like a little mm-hmm. yeah little iffy this one's pretty good though these guys were all good yeah they you know he, he the comedic character was very he didn't have many lines and he really didn't do much other than stand there and just watch it come in but you just kind of looked at him and went man i will say this, this guy is- who does not have many lines and just stood there in a sweater and galoshes is like the and in an episode that introduced all these other awesome new characters or new to this show characters he still like found a way to kind of stand out so that's really saying something yeah oh yeah I think Mon um, Calamari's do that, though. I mean, that's just a thing. They've just got sex appeal like that. Star power. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And he's, you know, he he does have a few lines. And, and when he's there, Mando walks up to him and says, or, well, let's let's backtrack a little bit. It falls in the ocean. Yeah, it gets like dug out by that giant Adat crane, yeah. puts it back down there. He says, Mando says, can you fix it? The port worker goes, fix it. I can make yeah, it fly. Which like, uh, <laughs> and he says, he says, do what you can. And he hands it like, he pulls out, it's like calamari flan and he hands it to him. And the port worker goes, I'll fuel it up. If it still holds. Yeah. Fuel. <laughs> like He's just looking at this ship. Like there's no way I can fix nah, this. It's thing. in, it's in bad like, shape. He's going to need to get it to, to yeah. some, those probably those, damn droids on Tatooine again. I'll fix it up or something. Hit the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, there was a, a great nod, and, and I don't know if, if you guys caught Somebody actually on, on Twitter, I think, put them together, but they put the uh, was it the Apollo 13 reentry with the reentry of the Razor Crest. Uh, it was uh, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's kind of nod to her father um, with the Apollo 13 movie. Yeah. Um, it, it was a, a cool kind of shot by shot, like yeah. side by side. They did they line did. up really that was nice. Really cool. Yep. And then we get, so we get through that opening and then, um, we get a beautiful reunion of, of frog lady and Frogman, which to me, they both kind of look more like lizards than frogs. I can but, get on, on board with uh, that. They look salamander. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I will yeah. say so I, I, that little part had a really nice, um, the music was really good. I think we've recognized Ludwig for having like these kind of electronic sounds and being really different, but this was like kind of a delicate string arrangement that Mm -hmm. was really, really nice for that scene, but also kind of different than what he's been doing, but it, it still fit in there really well. I, I, I thought the music this episode was really, really good. It's always been good, but I, I noticed it in a few scenes. And it's it's a good reminder because of everything that we've seen, um, y- you know, with Star Wars and the people in Star Wars and what we're seeing in these episodes, um, love and friendship and family are still the main underlying theme of Star Wars in all of these episodes. You saw it a little bit uh, in the Crate Dragon episode with Cobb Vanth, right? And, and being reluctant to get the Sand People's help at first, but after he realizes, hey, you know, they're trying to help. They want the same things as us. You could kind of see the change in Cobb Vanth over time. And when, you know, the one of the villagers, I think, was yelling at him for the di- drop in the dynamite, Cobb steps in and calms him down. And then later on, you see uh, Cobb drinking from the the black melon uh, later on and, and kind of, you know, saying, look, I was wrong in the beginning. Um it's better now. So it was nice to see this moment between frog lady and frog man of, of this reunion. And, and you can tell, you could see that they, they'd missed each other terribly. Um, frog man was super excited to see the eggs. Um, 
ready to get fertilizing. And I'm uh, sure he was. And, uh, uh, I super thought it- excited. And then, and, and then the child's still looking at the eggs like there goes. Well, myself. and I think it was nice to see the Mandalorian finally, finally, as I've mentioned multiple times, recognize that this child is starving. He's a young 50 year old whippersnapper who's a growing boy, I'm assuming, and he's barely being fed. Finally, his father figure yeah. knows he's hungry and is going to get him some tube chowder. Yep. Yep. And that's where Frogman says, hey, go to the end. Mando's looking for his people. It goes over to the end. Um, but we get this first shot of that hooded figure in the mm-hmm. background, which was Sasha Banks's character. And at this point, we don't know who it is because, you know, she's kind of sitting there with a the hood. I thought I, I saw a rumor before the show aired, before it came out last Friday, that um, somebody thought maybe it was a Sith acolyte. And I was like, okay, I could kind of see that. You know, it's got the dark robe, um, the angle cuts like in the shoulder area. I was like, I could kind of see that a little bit. But um, I mean, she would be one, one hell of a Literally every Sith single <laughs> person or like type of person in the Star Wars universe wears like a hooded cloak at some point. Mm-hmm. It's just like so... Yeah. It's like having a a black windbreaker or something. Like just everybody has one. Like I feel if I had a shop in the Star Wars universe, it would oh, be like a hooded cloak, cloak shop. shop. You'd you'd <laughs> you have know, so much like business. <laughs> we got cloaks for yeah. Jedi. We got cloaks for Mon Calamari. We got cloaks for Corrin. We got cloaks for everybody. Come on down, get your cloaks. The cloak Emporium. Like, yeah, you just yes. have like racks and racks. It's like a what's what's that men's warehouse with the tuxedos and stuff. Like you just go in. It's cloak warehouse. That's what we'll call Justin's it. Cloak Emporium. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I'm on board. I got to survive in that world, man. Um, so anyway, they get to the end. Um, you know, he's looking for other Mandalorians. Ch- uh, business um, is so good at Chowder Tube Inn that he's like, look, man, <laughs> get something or get out of the seat. <laughs> he was going to kick him out if he didn't yeah, order yeah. a bowl of tube chowder. No loitering. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it was it was hopping in there. Every seat was was pretty full in there. But so he, I can, I mean busy seaport. Yeah, I get it. He said I'll pay for something but, else, and then he had to specify that it was information, so he didn't try to mm-hmm. offer him something uh, inappropriate. I guess. Right. Right. Um, and so he he goes over talks to one of his corn. The innkeeper goes over talks to one of his corn buddies. Um, you know, he says. Hey, this Mandalorian's looking for other Mandalorians. Corrin walks over and he says, "You know, I hear you're looking for Mandalorians." And uh, real subtle. He's like, "Do you know?" <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Do you know where where I can find him?" He's like, "Yep, yep, few hour boat ride. I can take you there." Mando just kind of like goes, "All right, let's go," and just hops it like I mean, no background. He's information had his call to adventure. Guy, he's no up nothing. for anything. Yeah, he's like, "Let's go." Um, you know, we got in this moment, we got the face hugger alien scene. I think that we thought we were going to get last week with the eggs. Um, so it was kind of nice to see that, you know, Mando says, don't play with your food. And he kind of pokes the little squid with his knife uh, and it falls back into the soup. Um, which later on, uh, Sasha Banks had no problem eating that. Slurped squid. it right down. Yep. Uh, just slurped it right down. I, th- I guess they're better uh, alive. Kind of nasty. Hmm. Uh, it's fresh. Just eat it right? the way the chef serves it. That's what I know about a fancy yeah. restaurant like the yeah. Tube Chowder Inn. <laughs> um, I'll have you know that so. Tube Chowder is a delicacy <laughs> in seven <laughs> sectors. 
Uh, I may not be on board with that, but yeah, I mean, you give me you enough can miss me with like the some of those chowder, corn, corn we're using on there is like salt and pepper. Maybe and they like salt because they're not they live in the ocean, the man. Tube. Salty in there. That's yes, my theory. Yes. Um, so the only thing I could think of when when Mando next shot, you see he's on this boat, and all I'm picturing is um the I'm on a boat, Lonely Island. I'm on, I'm a, on boat. a boat, guys. I'm on a boat. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, we finally hit the open seas with mandalorian and the child here and he's on this boat he did and, not uh, have his flippy floppies corn, i checked I, <laughs> uh in the, the the captain though here's what i i was confused with the captain comes up and he's going you ever see a mammal core eat and i'm like no i don't care <laughs> well it's like if you were what, at the zoo the, and you're like he's hey like, let's go watch him feed the alligator or whatever you know but yeah, I'm like, like, does he really have an interest in seeing the Mamacore eat? Like, okay. He's like, well, a child might be interested. Okay, so that's going to get me to go over there and put the child at whatever this is that you're about to feed that I notice you you use a yeah. crane to Let's drop go fish down into the middle of the by the mouth well. of the sea creature. <laughs> right, right. So <laughs> they uh, they head over, you know, and here's here, to your, Kyle, to your point, here's another situation where we're going to escalate that fear, that tension. Uh, that yeah. something is going to happen to the child. So corn captain, he's babbling on, well, it must be hungry. And then, uh, you know, whacks it with his, his hook thing and knocks the child in the, in the pram into the, uh, open uh, into the water right in the middle. And then right as the, the mouth comes up, you see the pram. Yeah. Was a good, up. it was a really nice of shot the of the, of the child and his mm-hmm. little buggy getting eaten. But here's the other thing, yep, and I just yep. thought of this. I've already seen the Mandalorian and Captain Zebarelius like cut their way out from the inside of a giant worm monster. So like mm-hmm. I know you can get swallowed and still be okay. Unless you're Boba Fett. It might be a little harder for the child, but yeah, the Mando's still okay. It's yet to be determined. Uh, but the child was in that pram too, which was built by Quill to be like uh, yeah. super fancy. So, yeah. So he gets eaten. Mando, here's that call to action again. Mando dives right in, not really like giving any cares. Like, I got to go. I got to get in there right now. Dives head first into the water. Corn closed the gate up over top. And, and here's where. I think they thought like he would have sunk to the bottom. I heard like if you watch it with the subtitles on, there's some kind of line in there where they thought he would have sunk or he didn't sink to the bottom, I think is what they say. And they're, they're keep yelling, drown him, drown him. And they're like Mm -hmm. poking him with the sticks. And I think that tells you how heavy that armor is. I don't know if you've ever been in a swimming pool or a lake with your clothes on, just like regular jeans and a t-shirt. Also difficult. It's it's very difficult. So, uh, I can imagine if and you had got metal plates and a cape and a, a jet pack and a helmet <laughs> and boots and 37 weapons and uh, infinite supply of whistling birds. Like that would be very, very hard to stay afloat, but he found a way. Whistling birds are really yeah. heavy. You'd think. Infinite supply. Yeah. Well, he doesn't. Run, <laughs> they just like magically. He's never run out the and they're very rare according to the, very the true. cult leader. Very true. So. <laughs> Um, he's Spoiler. trapped under the gate. He can't get out, but you can, you can hear like there's water in the helmet. Um, he's having trouble breathing. He's, he's in a dire situation here. And then the next thing that you see is an unidentified Mandalorian fly in on a jetpack 
and take out the Captain Corn that was like right there and just blast. I knew who that was. And then this, the yes. first frame she was on the screen, and I I yelled in my own house yeah. to myself. I'd, I was at if, work and I yelled. <laughs> <laughs> I screamed when I, I mean, saw it, the helmet, and then I I screamed when I heard her voice, and then I screamed when she took the helmet off. Uh, I'm surprised yeah, no one and, was and like, "What's was going on in there?" Right. And and for us that, that are the diehards, you know, we, we know exactly who that was on that entry. Um, you know, when you see the helmet, it just reinforces it even more. But she's got two friends with her. Um, and I thought one of the coolest things was the was the Sasha Banks like drop kick spinning yeah, jetpack really, really thing that she did. That was fantastic. Um, but and then and then Axe Woves comes down and grabs one of the corn just like by the neck of the head and just headbutts him and <laughs> throws him off the boat and he's gone. And and then, you know, they, uh, they dispatch of the corn, uh, and his crew, uh, and then start to open the, the trap door and you see Bo stick out that hand and say, take my hand. And so he takes the hand and she helps him up out of the water. Um, and Mando is, is having a hard time breathing. He says, the child, help the child. She goes, "Don't worry, brother. We've got this." And and I was worry, brother. Like, Hulk Hogan, don't worry, brother. Uh, well, I, I love to see him doing that, like athletic, acrobatic jetpack stuff, because that's how the that's how the Mandalorians fight in in canon in the other you know in the other shows. And that's like how they're able to keep up with the Jedi and, and put up a fight. And it's good to see that translate to the screen. Like, yes, it's fun to mm. see them be a gunslinger, but they're actually like these super skilled, athletic, m- multi-talented warriors. Like we've seen Bo-Katan and Sabine Wren uh, be in the past. Yeah. They've translated yeah. these Mandos from, cartoon to live action so well it's like un- unreal it's so good yeah oh totally and he he um, mentioned to her and, and again that he was quested which i think is like mm-hmm. that's i'm not a hundred percent sure that's even a word i think it's such a weird way to say that and he said it like three or four times now in the show and i'm pretty sure yeah. someone else can look this up but i'm pretty sure even on wikipedia they put quested in quotes because like he says he's quested like what kind of butthole says yeah. they're quested, but not I'm on a yeah. quest, but I have been quested. So it's so weird. Yeah. So when he tells him the child's in there, Sasha Banks dives in the water, uh, blasts the ma- mama core, mama core, whatever it is, comes up with the pram and uh, she gets it up there and just rips the lid off. Cause it was clearly kind of punctured or dented. She rips the lid off. Child's fine. Um, and then we have this conversation in which Bo and the other two remove their helmets. And at this point, Mando is shocked. He's like, what am I witnessing right now? Like all three of you just took your helmets off. Uh, Josh, what did, what was when you saw the three of them take their helmet off, right? If you're in Mando's shoes, what are you thinking right now? They're not Mandalorians. And then that's exactly what he did. Are you setting me up to say what I said on Twitter? Because I hope that you are. <laughs> yes. So, well, first of all, they took their they took their helmets off, and we see Katie for the first time without the helmet. And I just want to say Phenomenal. that I've been in love with Katie Sackoff since 2004 when I saw her, her in Battlestar Galactica. 
Um, so I having her in Star Wars in a, a live action role is super exciting to me. Um, but also, so we, yeah, he he sees them take the helmets off. He immediately gets defensive, says, "Where did you get that armor?" And he says, "You're not. You took your helmets off. You're not real Mandalorians." And she very quickly puts him on blast and lets him know exactly who she is. Mm. But I was not even not even the full resume. Yeah, I was like, you better watch your tone when you're talking to the rightful Mandalore. I know, sir. (laughs) He didn't even have any idea. Oh yeah, and he thought he thought he had the high road, and he was so far from it. Yeah, so far. Yeah, like, and, and like being in and London and point, walking past the Queen of England and going, "Who the fuck's this lady?" Yeah, I know. Who's the like, old lady taking up nice all hat the lady? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and she she even left out the part where like you know her sister and she both ruled Mandalore at one point, and she was the mm-hmm. wielder of the dark saber, and she like saved her planet from a hostile takeover by a Sith Lord. Like she didn't even hit all the high points and still shut him down. And. And I, I think she was trying to get that lead introduction out as quick as she could. For like, sure. here's yeah. who I am. I, I'm not. I don't have time to give you my full past history. But when she go, when she learns, or when he says, you know, you took your helmet off. You're not Mandalorian. At this point, she learns. She goes. She's not. He's not like us. He's one of. He's a child those. of the watch. Well, and she knew. Like, I mean, you're one knew. of them. And he says, yeah. one of what? And she says, uh, y- you are a child of the watch. And he says, the watch. And she goes, children of the watch are a cult of religious zealots that broke away from Mandalorian society. Their goal was to reestablish the ancient way. So clearly the ancient, ancient way was to not remove your helmet at all. Right. I mean, if we are somewhere along the line, yeah, it's somewhere along the line. They said, it's okay to remove the helmets. Right, it's possible, yeah. or Stands or these current like zealots just added that into their their way now. But the the mm, I thought it was be. interesting because the watch I immediately thought a death watch, and there's I have a quote from Pre Vizsla, um, and he says, "We are the Death Watch, descendants of the true warrior faith of all Mandalorians once knew." Uh, now my people are living in exile because we will not abandon our heritage. It's all the same stuff, you know, and our people were mm-hmm. warriors, strong, feared. Now they're ruled by the new Mandalorians who think that being a pacifist is a good thing, which is that's Bo-Katan's sister, um, the right. Duchess Satine. Uh, they've given away our honor and tradition for peace. Duchess Satine and her corrupt leadership are crushing our souls, destroying our identity that is our struggle and that's what pre the death watch this is this cult that broke away from mandalorian society um you know not long before mandalore was which is always at war got kind of destroyed by the empire and now there's still this kind of radical sect out there and and he is a part of it mm-hmm uh, so uh, this was this was where my timeline thing comes in. I'm very interested in the timeline of all this, and I hope that they end up explaining it. You know, because well, one, the so the night owls were part of the Death Watch until Maul took over, correct? And then that's when she split. Yeah, when Maul uh, and because yes. she said no outsider yeah. will ever rule Mandalore. Okay, yeah. so uh, my assumption, um, because so. In season one, we see 
that he is rescued by Mandalorians wearing Death Watch armor during the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Death Watch gets taken over by Maul. Uh, the, so the Clone Wars end uh, 19 years before the Battle of Yavin. And the uh, Maul takes over 20 years before the Battle of Yavin. And I'm just wondering, he's he's been in the Mandalorian, he's been a Mandalorian foundling long enough to have been like around during this power struggle. So when did the watch break away? I like my assumption is that the watch is a, or children of the watch or whatever is like a, either the remnants of death watch or, or, or is that, you know, or some, right. some sort of, um, that's what I break off of that. I, I thought it was sort of the remnants of it. Cause they'd be the, the next generation of the death watch that existed during clone wars. And that's where you get the Paz Vizla was one of the people down in the, in the covert on, uh, whatchamacallit in season one. And he's a, we can assume, uh, relative or descendant or something of pre Vizsla, who is the leader of yeah. death watch during the clone wars. So, yeah. so do you see where I'm like confused on why he would be like, it's why not he like he wouldn't be fully aware of both sides broke away a long time ago. Mm-hmm. They broke away like 20 years ago or like, or not 20 years ago, like 40 years ago. Like, well, I've got a, I've got a, a thought on that. So the, the clone wars were only three years. So if he was rescued during the Clone Wars and then Mandalore was taken over, you, you know, at most it would have only been a two-year span since he became a foundling until Darth Maul, all that Darth Maul stuff happened in the bottom kind of fell out. You know what I'm saying? So how yeah. old was he at that time when he got fa- when he became a foundling, when he got found, when he was whatever? Um and then how quickly did Mandalore get like all broken apart and death watch got, cause death watch kind of got exiled right then at the end of season seven, you know, of the clone wars. Mm-hmm. So right. then if they were off on their own, uh, indoctrinating these kids, this next generation on their version of the truth. And that's all they ever knew. Um, you know, and then Mandalore gets broken apart and also the empire is spreading propaganda about, you can't go back to the planet. Uh, maybe, uh, there are no other cults or no other groups of Mandalorians. Maybe there's, maybe they're not as rare as we've been led to believe, you know, in this series so far. Um, so I, I think they all got separated and maybe he was kind of young and they're just kind of indoctrinated into this cult. Um, and there's nobody around telling them anything otherwise because they're, they've been scattered, you know? Okay. Right. Yeah. I guess I'm just, I, maybe I, I misunderstood that, that death watch would have been like death watch would have been the, the people that became malls, super commandos. Yeah, they definitely were. But then, so you still have Gar Saxon as a Imperial, you know, um, 
Mandalorian in Rebels. Yeah, well, because then he kind of sold out to the Empire and was off doing his own thing. Uh, what these guys were... Well, because the the whole Mandalore getting like purged by the Empire would have happened just after the events of Rebels, probably. Right? We don't have like yeah. a great timing on that. Well, what, yeah, I mean, it would have to. Right. right. Just based on the, the period we have left. Mm-hmm. So there would presumably have been after Maul when Bo-Katan with the help of uh, Ahsoka and the 332nd and then when they took Mandalore back for the quote true Mandalorians whatever there would have I guess still been some Death Watch loyalists that probably left and that's where this cult came from and then probably still some others who saw an opportunity to align themselves with the empire that was now arising. You know what I mean? Okay. That's my best There's guess. Some, you know, some other form of altercation after the fact that led to where we are now. Right. Yeah. With Bo and it being separated from uh, the saber and, and not. Well, not sure. They're, they're definitely, that's the purge she's talking about would have yeah. been this, battle with presumably the empire that we don't know much about yet yeah well and i think that that's the other that so i was thinking about this gap too and having these same thoughts with the exception of my misunderstanding about like what gar saxon was doing but did i misunderstand what gar saxon was doing no 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 i think that you're right but i think the other the other thing that made me kind of disregard that gap of time between Bo-Katan and the Empire taking over um, and all that stuff was that they talk the, like the 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 covert that we now know was the children of the watch talk about the purge like they were there mm. and potentially they, so weren't. If they were so so that would mean that they weren't yeah. s- scattered then unless they were hiding out on Mandalore somewhere or that maybe the purge is a it's not just a on Mandalore thing. It's a you know a galaxy wide. That's sort of what I thing. thought. Yeah. If if yep. the Empire saw Mandalorians, not only their planet, but Mandalorians as a people, as a threat or a potential threat, which they a hundred percent definitely would right. have, then it would have been like Order sixty seven. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say just like the Jedi, it would behoove yeah. them to wipe them out if they felt they were going to be a threat. So, I, I think we can we can agree that that the Mandalorians have a long, long history that still hasn't well, it's been complicated. fleshed out. Yeah. But we've got I just to, hope they build yeah, it it's out. It's very yeah. complicated. The one thing that Mandalorians truly have a good history of, though, is blowing things up. <laughs> and we see when Mando gets mad about the conversation and takes off, um, he you see him back on the pier, and the next thing you see is like three little jetpacks kind of flying up from the ship. And the ship explodes. So they basically killed the brother or killed the captain, killed the crew, blew the ship up, destroyed the evidence. And and at this point, Dan is like questioning everything he thought he knew about himself and what it means to be a Mandalorian. And 
there's this really nice, like somber version of the main Mandalorian theme. I'm not a music expert, but I think it's in a minor key, but it sounds like it's really, really nice for that moment. And it's like I said earlier, the Mm -hmm. music on this episode was just really, really good. Hi, this is Kevin Kiner, composer for Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. I'm happy to be a Star Wars friend. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Star Wars Friends podcast. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so he's walking through the town with Child. He gets jumped by Quarren uh, Captain's brother. And Posse. And- <laughs> And posse. And they looked good too. <laughs> they had these cool two. like jumpsuits. The yeah. uh the wardrobe department was really on point this episode. They found some really nice outfits yeah, they, for these aliens. The costuming, the animatronics, the cosmetics, the masks, all done beautifully in tune with each other, uh, adds to that experience of like you are in Star Wars. You are seeing these characters in real life, not just like puppets or cgi or things like that it's a perfect blend of of all of these things so um well and i'm, anyway, I'm just he, thinking he about this to, right now but i wonder if the technology they're able to use for um the sets in the background has freed up some resources to put into stuff like that too you know the way they're mm-hmm. they've been recording um maybe that's why we're getting such good animatronics and wardrobing and all mm-hmm. and voices and all that stuff on this weekly uh, weekly yeah. show and just continued beautiful cinematic shots from the volume like you you don't even feel yeah. i i, like I, I never like notice it looking out into the yeah. ocean like i i don't even notice it when i watch the show um whether it's light or dark i think the only time i kind of noticed it a little bit was was in the uh crate dragon episode when they're they're talking with the sand people kind of in the evening um that was about the only time i could kind of picture that that would be volume usage with like some some banthas and some rocks and then the volume kind of in the back so um but other than that the the panning shots of like the large scenery or the intimate shots of um you know when they're in a smaller setting with with more things going on you, you don't even notice it so um, but anyway, so, uh, Bo returns, you know, they kind of follow him, uh, they step in to help him, uh, with the corn. Um, once they dispatch all of the corn that are kind of sitting around there, they say, can we at least buy you a drink? When this is the right? first time let's, let's go you talk. see these like seasoned Mandalorians operate and actually like, I mean, they came in and rescued him from that ferry, but it was like a smash mm-hmm. and grab. These guys, they came up, they had a standoff. He was like, "Wow, right, you killed my brother. And, I, and she's like, actually, I killed your brother. And then they, the three Mandalorians, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Din didn't even like take a shot, but the three Night Owl Mandalorians just disposed of a whole like alley full of corn in about a second and a half. Mm-hmm. Because like you can tell they've been using these blasters regularly for a very long time 
Yeah. They train together all the time. They're with it, with each other together all the time. They know how the others operate. Whereas Mando is just used to himself. That's it. He's only got himself and he's got to trust his own skills and, and brain to, to get him out of situations. So, um, but anyway, as we, as we, as they go to the end, you see the three Mandos sitting around the helmets off. Um, you kind of learn why, why they're on this planet, right? What they're doing there. They found out that, uh, the empire is basically smuggling weapons, uh, that have been stolen from, uh, Mandalore plunders of their planet. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to, uh, raid it, take it back so that they have something to fight with for their people to take Mandalore back. Um, you know, and she says, you know, once we've we've gotten this, um, we're going to retake them to our home world. Once we've done that, we'll seat a new Mandalore on the throne. Um, and Mando at this point, from what he's heard, you know, and what he knows of Mandalore, says the planet is cursed. Anyone who goes there dies. Uh, once the Empire knew that they couldn't control it, they made sure no one else could either. Which was very kind of it was that's kind of interesting. Basically, I think they just caused so much upheaval and turmoil within the the planet itself. It's always in a state of flux of who's in I, charge. I read that a little bit differently. I this conversation brought me like to a lot of thoughts slash questions, but uh, one of them being, I think that is just the empire spreading propaganda because it's like Bo said, don't believe everything you've heard. Our enemies want us separated because Mandalorians are stronger together. And I think Mm -hmm. it's probably is true that the empire couldn't hold Mandalore because Mandalorians don't want outsiders to rule Mandalore. I've said it a million times because Bo-Katan said it. And, um, even when Mandalorians are ruling Mandalore, it's still at war all the time. So I imagine that the empire really did have a hard time, uh, holding it. Maybe they couldn't hold it or really not to their satisfaction. So part of their strategy is to spread that propaganda that it's cursed, that you can't go there, that you die. If you go there that, so they don't even try. And, uh, right. Yep. It also made me wonder if, is Matt Moff Gideon calling himself the ruler of Mandalore right now? Is he, we've already kind of like talked about, mm. is he the one, or is he probably the one that led the attack by the empire on Mandalore during the purge, or was at least a big part of it. And he's obviously the one that has the dark saber now. So, uh, if Mandalore is, under empire control and he's the one with the dark saber is he calling himself the ruler of mandalore right now and is that why he Mm -hmm. is so uh well i guess i wouldn't really explain why he was looking for the child but he just sort of bumped into the mandalorians there but he did know about um din when he ran into him at the end of the first season i know that right right and and i think you're a little bit right on that point where maybe he is claiming himself as ruler of Mandalore since he, he, I, I think he knows what he has in his hands and he under understands the history of it and he knows what he's doing with it. So I, I don't think you're far off there. When um, in this conversation, I, I thought it was interesting oh, that she said, we'll seat a new Mandalore, which is like a, a King, a ruler, or what they call him the Mandalore. Yeah. Um, on the throne. She didn't say it would be her. She didn't say who it would be. Uh, is she, mm-hmm. 
when she was given the dark saber in rebels, she tried to refuse it, you know, and that's a very like mm-hmm. quote sign of a good leader thing is to refuse the role. But, um, is she really saying that she's not going to do it? Is she kind of being coy? Is it going to be a thing where they ask her to do it? I wonder what, if anything, maybe, that maybe not doing it for herself, but for Sabine. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Um, another thing that comes up in this conversation was, you know, here we hear, you know, Mando says, I've been quested with returning this child to the Jedi. Bo asks him very specifically, what do you know of the Jedi? And he says, nothing. I was hoping you would help me by creed. She goes, I can lead you to their kind, but first we need your help on our mission. And I think that's the way that she looked at him when she asked him that question was like, well, what do you know of the Jedi? Like, why are you trying to bring this child to them? Like, it it was very, she knows the history of the Jedi. She knows what's gone on. Um, I think she's just curious as to why he's trying to bring this kid to them. Well, she might Um, also think that, if he's a child of the watch, which is a, you know, the result of, or a faction of death watch, they would historically not be a friend of the Jedi. They were sort of aligned with the, uh, sort of Sith Lord part-time Sith Lord in that situation. Mm -hmm. And also the other side of that is if he does know Jedi, Bo-Katan was a friend of the Jedi and her sister, uh, the Duchess Satine was a friend of the Jedi. And potentially these are people she could ask for help when she's ready to try and take Mandalore back over. Cause that's worked for her in the past. Yep. Go watch season seven of the Clone so, Wars. If you haven't, that's the whole thing. <laughs> it's really good. If you don't, know I mean, a Bo-Katan calling um, the Jedi for help is like, literally in her playbook yeah yeah uh so he agrees he says all right i'll help you um you know fine if i gotta if that's what i gotta do to figure out where the jedi are at at, he's down to shoot people Um, it's not like you don't have to twist his arm that much yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah uh so he takes the child over to frog lady drops him off he says all right i need he'll trust this kid with anybody all of a sudden all of a sudden she seems to understand him perfectly fine. I think she way. always understood like, him. He just didn't know what she was saying back. He didn't understand yeah. her. Yeah. So he leaves, he leaves the child there. Um, you know, we see a little bit of growth in the child here. Um, clearly he says, you know, you're going to stay here. So I want you to be respectful. Mind your manners. You know what I'm talking about? Cause in the last episode he had a smorgasbord of mm-hmm. eggs. Hey, they, uh, they still had eggs. a little tadpole baby. It all worked out fine. Nobody needs yeah, to be upset yeah, about it. It worked out fine. He loves eggs from his head down to his legs. I had uh, those stupid commercials. I had an omelet yesterday. They're delicious. I don't know what to say. I I was a little fearful though that he was like gonna grab like later Whoop. on. He was gonna like snatch that tadpole out and just stuff it in his mouth. No, like, no, don't do it. Eating the eggs is um, one thing. I think it, eating the final <laughs> tadpole in a sentient, sentient being's being, line yeah. uh, <laughs> of succession would probably actually be thoughtless. Yes, yes. Um, so they, so he drops him off. The next thing you see is you see this giant uh, Gozanti class freighter, which to me was really, really cool because uh, if you play, you know, Star Wars X-wing, Star Wars Armada, um, I think we saw a couple of them in um, in uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, but not a live action one yet. 
Uh, it was kind of cool to see that ship uh, in live action. And there's some really, really cool cinematography as it's like taking off. It's get, or it's getting ready to go. And before this, they kind of hatch out their plan of how they're going to take the ship. Um, basically, the element of surprise. We've got to get it in low altitude. Um, essentially, they have to respect the no wake zone of the port, meaning they have to like fly away from the port before they can start to climb. Because if they climb right away, that engine jet wash is just going to blow the boats all over the harbor. So, um, so anyway, they, they hatch out this plan. Uh, they fly in to take the ship, but you get this great cinematic shot of the, the freighter and the three engines in the back as it's like leaving. Uh, and, and then you see these four mandos kind of flying up behind it on their jetpacks. Um, but I got it like, I, to me, it just reminded me of uh, top gun. Like when the, the F 14 Tomcats are coming off the edge of the, the aircraft yeah. carrier, right? And they kind of drop down. You just see their afterburners there kind of burning in the sunset. That was kind of what I got. There was a view. good like musical segue into this too. And it, it wasn't even tense at oh, all. Yes. It was like upbeat. Like uh, you didn't at all. Like yeah, action. you didn't at all feel like the Mandalorians thought this was going to be a danger to them. This was just like an exercise. Like they were just going to walk through this thing. And they did. Yeah. Uh, the music, the music in this episode was phenomenal in all all aspects, from you know the soft frog frog people meeting to this. Um, yeah, it, it it got me going. I was like fired up. I was ready to see some action. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we haven't been getting like the digital releases of the episode soundtracks like we were. Um, and I noticed on I was on Reddit recently, and they are release from some of the stuff that people have seen. It looks like they're releasing eight through 12 in like a volume one. So as soon as that's released, we'll get like the first four episodes okay. worth of music. And I know that there is a Bo-Katan theme. Some pretty. Hell yeah, there is. Classification. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, so they're flying after the freighter. Uh, there's some guards outside of the freighter. Like two or three. Of them um, <laughs> Bo drops in, dispatches the first one. The thing I love, uh, as they're trying to take these guys out, um, Sasha Banks's character Casca drops in and grabs one of them from behind and then fires the jetpack yep. up and goes back up and then the next shot you see is inside the cockpit and the alarm's going off and the captain kind of comes in he said what's going on he's like oh we got pirates sir and then you see this stormtrooper body hit the winch drop right on it and just fall off the side and ah just kind of fall into the water but that's not um, totally dissimilar to what uh mando did the previous episode to the jawa that wanted his <laughs> right jetpack so they they had no problem with the outdoor guards they get inside pretty quick and then um you know they they well, kind of wait steps in with her wrist blade and takes out mm -hmm. those first three guards like without even pulling a blaster yep. and then she does like the best superhero comic book like turn to the camera full body Walk shot yeah. with her <laughs> like her helmet dead straight at the lens and it it's beautiful they should make a poster of it best single shot mm -hmm. of the episode mm -hmm. and the the imperials are clearly confused at this point they have zero idea who it is or how they many think of it's them like a hundred people when there's point, only four yeah the guys guys like oh, i must be at least 10 or more men and then the cat, uh, the guy, the pilot's going, nope, I got four life form readings. And then the other guy goes, oh, they're Mandalorian. And then 
just radio Done. silence. <laughs> He's dead. Done. Um, you know, they so they work their way through this ship. They get to the control area and this one uh, officer down there with maybe 10 stormtroopers is trying to hold the thing down. Uh, he says, well, we just got to hold it until we get to hyperspace. And uh, <laughs> I think they must have fired like four or five shots at him before he finally started yelling. Oh, it did door, not take long. Door. He he was feeling strong he, for like a half a second. Quick. And then that those doors opened and like, <laughs> oh, they, they busted out their yellow blaster bolts from the Mandalorians, which look awesome. I don't know that we've seen that mm-hmm. ever or much in live action, uh, a specifically yellow blaster bolt. But I don't think we have. But they mm-hmm. knock out like four or five, six of those stormtroopers in like a second. He's like, shut every door that can be shut, shut <laughs> everything. And he's shut the door, like which one scrambling on the All ground to hide behind yeah. something. Just a total turd. He is panicking at this point and they get the doors closed and he radios up. He's like, well, we've got him trapped. This is great. The guy said, oh, where do you have him trapped? And he says in the cargo area or, Cargo control, cargo control area. Yeah. Cargo control room. And he said, and at that point, Captain like kind of pauses and he's like, oh crap. And the next thing you see is open the hatch, all jettisoned out right into out. a, I, I would guess, lo- low atmosphere or whatever, and just sucked right out of They're the gone. ship, gone. So they, uh, they gone. Uh, so anyway, he's, you know, they, the pilot radios down and he's trying to, um, you know, get a hold of somebody if there's anybody down there. And, um, you know, have this great conversation between Bo, uh, and the captain because the captain jumps on and, you know, she's pretty ecstatic. She says, you know, thanks for picking up this, packing up all this gear so nicely. Imagine what a division of us can do when we get our hands on what's inside of these shiny little boxes. And to me, they look like DC 15 rifles. I could be wrong with that one, but it's almost, it almost looked very much like, uh, Clone Wars era, blasters that clones used to use i assumed they had like a variety of that double barrel on the end but yeah yeah that's what we saw in those things um, were opening up yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you know he's he's pompous as always as any good imperial officer is and his responses to her um you know he thinks they're just trying to make off with the crates she says nope we're not jettisoning anything we're going to take the entire ship mando goes what she goes, put some, put on, put some tea on. We'll be up in a minute. <laughs> that is great. Man, Mando at this point realizes she's changing the deal very much like everybody else that Mando has met along the road tries to change the deal or manipulate what they're trying to get out of it. And he's not super comfortable uh, with that. But at the same well, time, he changed the deal in the first in the first season. You know, he was supposed to mm-hmm. go get that child, deliver it to Werner Herzog and take his money and leave. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a recurring thing ever since then. It's, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it, Darth Vader altered the deal in Cloud City way back when, too. It's just a thing that happens in Star Wars. And, and just pray I don't alter most, it further. The most, yeah. far, you know, the, the most uh, famous version of uh, this deal gets worse all the time. Oh, <laughs> only slightly Vader, lesser yeah. known. Yeah. It's worse all the yeah. time. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but he realizes that she's got the information that he needs. So he's really kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. But I, I loved the shot here where she starts walking away and then 
uh, Casca walks up on one side of him over here, and then Axe Woves is like the last guy to like walk past him or something like that. And as they're all walking by, they kind of pick the helmets up and put them on as they're walking by him, and he's just standing there like, "All right, I guess I got to go do this." You know what I mean? And, and he realizes he's he's got to help him. finish Well, the honestly, job, so. until that last little walk down the hallway, I, they really could have done it without him. He, he was not bringing a lot to the table until the very last second. Right, right. And it, the, the, I think the best part about that was when their conversation was done um, and he says, you're changing the terms of the deal. She goes, this is the way. Yeah, <laughs> she was totally, like, got him. She was totally like, mocking his beliefs, like, which is. <laughs> yep, yep. Maybe not. a. But I mean, how many times, how many times have Mandalorians done that to each other over the course of history? Probably, you know, a measurable number of times and they just, they do what they want to do. Well, I do, think she was right? also like, Look, bro, I grew up there. My family ruled this place. <laughs> the fuck do you know about the way? I'll tell you the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it um, felt like if you were being, if if it was like a, someone being snarky to a Catholic and he was like, she was like, peace be with you. Yeah, for like, sure. <laughs> like one of the catchphrases. Right. Um, at this point, everybody in the ship is dead except for everybody. <laughs> Except for the people in the cockpit and maybe like and 10 those three know it's coming that are right outside yeah. the door, and those three know it's coming. So he Captain radios Moff Gideon for help, uh, basically trying to say it was a pirate hijacking, which I, I you know he didn't uh, he specifically didn't say it was the Mandalorians. He just called it a pirate hijacking. But Moff Gideon alludes to the fact that he says, "Are these the same pirates that have attacked our other vessels?" And he says, "They appear to be, sir." When I wonder um, if you know, like how far in the empire at this point, it's like, you just don't really talk about the Mandalorians. Like we're, mm-hmm. it's not going to, you're not going to get any help because people know that they're basically way out of a stormtroopers league. And like, they're mm-hmm. supposed to be, have been purged by the empire and the empire rules Mandalore. So I wonder if it's just like kind of a taboo subject. Oh, for sure. Especially for probably undermanned and under like educated stormtroopers, right? That that don't have the training or discipline that they probably would have when the Empire was at full strength. They had more numbers, they had more ships, they had more that, guns. That was honestly how the Empire won most of their stuff was just by sheer. Yeah, that's volume, all the Empire ever really right? had, you know, was just mm-hmm. numbers. Yeah. Yep. So he says, he asks him how far they've gotten. He said, they've breached the cargo hold and taken everything but the bridge. We require immediate backup. If they've nope. taken that much of the ship, I'm afraid that's no longer an option. You know what to do. Long live the Empire. Long live the Empire indeed. And then the captain replies, long live the Empire. Very, very hail point, Hydra at that like, point. Well, crap. Yes, very hail Hydra, very... Um, in in much like Mando is a religious zealot or being called a religious zealot, you could say these are these last remnants of the Empire are very much the same way, holding on to what the Empire was and the way that they they managed their business. So um anyway, Captain takes the controls, starts to dive the ship down he's trying towards to crash the bottom. It. He's just gonna he's gonna tank it. He, if, if I die, we all die. Um you know, so well, he's trying to he's to, trying to pre, he's trying to not give that asset to the Mandalorians. It's not about saving his life or anything right. anymore. It's like no, 
for the Empire, the best thing I can do is not give them this ship and this what these weapons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so he said. So that kind of escalates that timeline a little bit again, right? Putting that tense uh, situation on things where um, you know Bo and and the rest of them realize that they don't have a lot of time before that ship is going to crash back down into the harbor. So. Um, they get stuck behind some pillars. Um, they've got some rapid fire down. coming at them from some uh, DLT-19s, which is an awesome, awesome blaster rifle. But uh, they get pinned down by some heavy fire. And then uh, Mando decides he's going to make the sacrifice play because he just doesn't want to sit around there waiting for them to try to do something. So he pulls out some uh, detonators, little little disc detonators, bombs, and uh, charges out and says, cover me. <laughs> There is no cover there, and he just runs out into blaster fire, takes numerous hits to his uh, Beskar armor, which I still don't know how it doesn't manage to not hit the Beskar armor. Well, I'd like to... Well, they did say earlier the stormtroopers can't hit the side of a Bantha. They're very bad shots, and I think we all already know that. But I'd like for somebody to do... Where's the YouTube people? Make a video. Let me see how many of those blaster shots actually hit him. How many completely missed? Did any hit him and not hit <laughs> the the armor? They must not have because he wasn't like seriously injured. But uh, yeah, apparently a blaster does nothing to Beskar. And it uh, stormtroopers, if they aim at all, they aim for the armor. So that's, I guess, good if you're yeah. wearing it. And I believe in season one, he had said certain amounts he it can withstand. Well, that was that high powered certain that high powered sniper rifle, rifle she had. It couldn't right. withstand a direct hit or something like that. But the the th- the thing I did love though is as he's running through there. If you watch him, he's got both hands tucked in like this mm-hmm. and he's he's you can't see me on the radio but um he's got his hands kind of into his chest and he's covering the grenade the detonators he's got both hands over the detonators like this so he's protecting them because if he was just running like this and they shot it it would blow up right but he's got them tucked in like this and right as he kind of gets there he flings them out right at their feet and and torches them and blows them up I feel like he could have just whistling um, birded him again, but I guess we've used that enough times. <laughs> he maybe he ran out. Finally, he is finally out of whistling birds. He used <laughs> his last whistling bird in the first episode, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, they get to the cockpit, um, and you know they they get the captain. They move him out of the seat. Uh, they jump into the they jump into the the co pilot and co pilot seat, and they're trying to pull the ship back up from the dive. Uh, while this is going on, Bo is has got the captain cornered, and she says, "Where is it?" And captain says, "Where is what?" She says, "The dark saber. Does he have it?" He says, "If you're asking, you already know." Boom! She goes, you already yep. know. And then she says, "I'll let you live, but you but you will take me to him." Captain says, "You might let me live, but he won't." And then he clamps down on one of those lovely tooth. Uh, suicide pills that you see in like yeah, all the Star Wars version of a, of a cyanide pill, Bond. but it like electrocutes your yeah. brain, and that's you know it's hard to it, it's hard to really threaten a uh, an Imperial officer because like what are you gonna do to me that's worse than my boss? Because your boss at the yep. Empire 
is just the worst. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him. We know what he can do. He clearly gunned I mean, down. It doesn't really matter who your boss is. If your boss men. is Moff Gideon, <laughs> no. if it's Tarkin, if it's Vader, if it's Palpatine, whoever your boss is at the Empire, they are a jerk. They um, excuse me. Thrawn's a fine boss, would, whatever. He's actually nice to his thank people. Thank you. Thank <laughs> <laughs> um, you. He does get the most out of his people, I will say that. He, I mean, how many times did uh, Governor Price mess up and he let her off the hook because he was teaching her a lesson? Well, he, I think he probably knew she was going to get herself yeah. killed in the end. But uh, spoiler alert again. <laughs> uh, yeah, Damn it. I you really ruined am. it, Kyle. <laughs> um, so they, he, gets, he, he takes the suicide pill. Um, they mention, you know, a distress beacon had been sent, so they need to jump to light speed to escape with the ship and the weapons. Um, you know, Bo asks, are you sure you won't join us? He says, there's something I need to do. Uh, Bo says the offer stands. If you change your mind, Mando replies, where can I find the Jedi here? Bo removes her helmet. And I, I love this moment because she's very clearly saying, look, I'm helping you. Like I am, it's not about what's under here. It's about, uh, helping each other out because I think we, as Mando's again, need to stand together and I think she removed the helmet to make that point clear to him and she says take the foundling to the city of Caladon on the forest planet of Corvus there you will find Ahsoka Ahsoka Tano tell tell her you were sent by Bo-Katan and thank you your bravery will not be forgotten this time she says this is the way in a very different manner than what she said it the first time and I think she recognizes that regardless of what your uh, your beliefs are as far as Mandalore goes, we are all still Mandalore and should help each other. So I found that a very uh, to be a very touching moment from Bo in, in her showing her leadership ability to somebody that she doesn't really even know. That well, way. I can save you some legwork. You don't need to Google that planet or that city because there's zero on the internet about them. <laughs> there's nothing. It's just like a Wikipedia. Sometimes will do this Ooh, like kind of planet. a circle jerk thing where it refers to itself and it'll be like, this is a, a, a city on this planet and you click on the planet and this planet is has this city in it and you click on the city and it's just right back to the other one and it's like the, <laughs> that's what exists for those two things right now so there's nothing but um if you if this for some reason is your very first episode of the star wars friends show ahsoka tano is my personal favorite character without a doubt so i am both excited and extremely nervous about this because I believe that they're going to get it right because I believe that Dave Filoni would not do it wrong, but I'm also very, very nervous that it won't be right. Mm. There are only two people in the world that like Ahsoka Tano more than you do. Ashley Eckstein and Dave Filoni. Ashley's a maybe. I think Dave's got it. <laughs> Ashley's a maybe. <laughs> Ashley's but, a maybe. And, and here, here, I'll tell you, and I'll even voice my concerns right now on air. Uh, assuming it's Rosario Dawson is the actress that's going to play Ahsoka. One, I think her just general standard facial expression is like, 
very aggressive and severe compared to what Ahsoka Tano actually is. And I think her voice is drastically different than that of Ashley Eckstein. And even if everything Mm -hmm. else about it is great, that's going to be hard for me to look past because that's such a big part of what an animated character is, is their, their voice and their, they like kind of portray their emotions through their voice because you don't get that facial expression as much, especially the first half of clone wars. That's my concern. Mm. No, I, I think that's a concern that's probably expressed by a lot of people out there. So you're, I don't think you're, you're wrong there, Kyle. Yeah, Josh. I think um, the comforting thing is just, you know, remembering that this is like uh, the oldest and most mature Ahsoka we've seen, who also has seen even more shit that we don't realize she's seen yet mm-hmm. because we don't know about that journey from what what happened, you know, uh, on that journey from uh, Mo- Moraband. I always want to call it Korriban because that's its real name, but... <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I know that doesn't, that's like small comfort. No. And, and I am, I mean, hopefully they knock it out of the park, but I just don't want, because that character is so special to me, I don't want for it to be like a, even just like a near miss, like would just kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, but I'm going to, I'm going to try really hard to like it. <laughs> well, if she ruins it, if she ruins it and you want to get, you want to offload all your Ahsoka merch. <laughs> I don't see that happening. And I don't even, I don't even think like ruin is going to be an option. It's almost more like how you were talking about the voice of Ray on the holiday special. It's just like, Oh, that's like a really good impression of Ahsoka. That's not Ahsoka. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think yeah. that's what I'm worried yeah. about. I, I, I'm not worried about it being bad. I don't think there's a chance it'll be bad. I think it will be off maybe, which is what worries me. I I think, I think, yeah. And I, I especially because Bo was so good. Bo was like perfect minus a kind of bad wig, but Bo was real good. Well, and what you hear of Bo live screen is the same of what you hear of Bo animated because it's the same person. And I, I see what you're saying. If you go, Hey, I'm used to hearing Ashley with that as like Ahsoka soft, in, comforting, animated, like, like yes. friendly, positive voice, and like I just think of Rosario as like a like let's go get your ass in gear type of not like that comforting. That's just how I've heard her, and it's just it's just different, you know. And we'll see. We'll see. I I think if you if you watched a lot of her stuff in um in uh on netflix with you know iron fist oh yeah and, um, justin do you think there's Luke a single Cage chance i haven't seen every there. episode of all those shows <laughs> <laughs> I, she's got yeah but she's got really good moments in all of those shows where her she's a great actress i get that and just... and there's you know some some great moments in there that i could see how those would translate over into the show and i could see her as uh, Ahsoka and and you know I I'm not good friends you know I I know her but I'm not really really good friends with Rosario Dawson but I I assume she is going to do the absolute best jobs that she I'm can. I'm sure everyone she is cast as Ahsoka. Give it their show, best so. effort. I just I would not yeah I would not worry about it too much and and you know Dave is very protective of that character so I think it will be okay in the long run so. 
Um, to close out the show, uh, Mando successfully returns back to port. He goes to visit Frog Couple um, to pick <laughs> up the child. Um, he sees the child having this great moment where they're kind of sitting around. They got a little tadpole now. Um, and that tadpole grew quick between when it was floating, like it hatched out of the egg and it was swimming around in the little canister for a hot minute. And then when he comes back from presumably, what, maybe a day, two days while he was, was gone? Like, I thought it was like a, three, an evening. That thing was like, <laughs> that thing was like four inches long. That thing grew quick. It's a so, vast universe, um, different species nice, age at different rates or whatever yeah. the IG unit said in the first episode. Yep. So he's, you know, he's having this, uh, the child's having this lovely moment with the the little little baby and he's kind of petting it and he says, all right, time to go. Um, you know, so he grabs the child, he leaves, he makes a comment that he he has enough pets as is. Um, so he doesn't want another one. Uh, he gets to the Razor Crest and this was, I think, one of the funniest <laughs> moments. But this Mon Cala port mechanic is standing there just admiring his work and he comes up and he says i gave you a thousand credits this was the best you could do he didn't even say anything he just hands him the little data pad and sign here signs off on it he (laughs) gives it back to him he gets on the ship and it's just covered in fishnet seaweed uh i I think he did uh, a pretty crappy job honestly i mean it wasn't good it was not good. Yes. And there no. was like a, a deadly creature uh, in the whatever <laughs> crap he used to Baby fix it. Baby mammacore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he even gets it. He gets up into the cockpit and his seat has fishnet. Well, well that was strictly was aesthetic. wrong with the seat. Wa- <laughs> wasn't the guy who invented the B-Wing on Rebels, wasn't he a uh, Mon Calamari? Yes. And yes. this guy is yes. putting this together with like what? Ro- <laughs> ropes and nets and string? Give me a yes. break. Well, not to mention, yeah. most of the major star cruisers and or capital ships in the Rebellion were Mon Cala. Yeah. That's why, that's why this guy's on this I mean, dumb backwater planet with the frog people yep. in the Quarren because he's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, he's the... You know how, like, sometimes you'll have a... You'll know a guy who's got a buddy who fixes cars in his garage. This is that guy. Uh, he's not yeah, licensed yeah. by anybody. He, no. He can uh, change your brakes, but it's going to be in his garage for four weeks. Yeah. And it's going to be held <laughs> yep. together with duct tape or something. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not great. This guy's, I'm not taking oh, my I'm, ship to oh, this did guy. You need all f- did you need all five of those lug nuts back on the wheel? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, so he gets on the ship and and there's finally this this moment where this little baby mammacore like sneaks out of behind of a, a control unit or something and scurries up a rope and it looks like it's going to drop down and eat the child and Mando turns and grabs it and squishes it. Um, the kid gets a kick out of it. He's laughing at it. And then um, he turns back around and he says, I think I finally know where I'm taking you. And he turns around and baby little child slurping up whatever's left of the the mammacore and that's where we leave it so awesome awesome episode uh floored uh let me ask you guys do you think knowing going into the season by spoilers that were released back in the summer uh did it change your impression of bo katan and katie sackoff appearing in this episode it would it have been better if you didn't yeah hundred percent I'm ir- like I yeah. still loved it but it is super irritating and I feel like that was like that opportunity to be shocked by it 
like I was shocked by the Baby Yoda reveal, uh, was robbed from me, and I don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And and I think for me, like everybody's like, well, if you don't, if you don't want spoilers, don't get on. I'm the not. Internet. I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna I'm not look that, at Twitter that came for out a six year. Six months before like, the give show. Give me a break. Right. Yeah. Right. Like it came out months, months before the show actually came out. So you know, people stop spreading your scoopy rumors and thing stories that eventually come true but just let people figure it out let us watch it let well, us enjoy it i mean and i still so, love some of this stuff is just like action. low-hanging fruit like i'm not sure people even had mm-hmm. information it's just like you make enough logical guesses and some of them are going to be right it's not i I, yeah. I do not appreciate it i mean the 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 cob vanth timothy oliphant rumor this one now is there I'm assuming the we've Rosario hit every rumor Dawson we've had is, so far. I think. Yeah, yeah. So unless, I, I think unless Tamura is uh, a different clone. <laughs> as yeah, I think we've hit them all, but uh, it's it's just kind of annoying, you know. I yeah, and I will say like th- I think the other thing is yeah. So it was it was still incredible. I was still floored. I was still very excited, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, none of this stuff was a given. I mean, cause you think about it, like how, how often does, I mean, th- obviously there are some examples, but it's not super often that something from the animated star Wars makes its way into, um, like mainstream live action star Wars. Now we have like saw Guerrera and we had like, we have some, or you have like general Sundula to the, to the hangar or whatever, like s- stuff like that. But you don't, you don't really get, what we got with with Katie and Bo-Katan very often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's almost like really the first of its kind because even this besides Saw, even Guerrero, Saw, he was like a. I mean, yes, it, it was Saw, but he was like a like a shell of his former self. Almost, he was like a beaten right. down, broken True. old man. Mm-hmm. We're still getting Bo-Katan like almost in her in her prime or just a, just a hair past it, you know, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, so with that, uh, where do you guys think we're going with next week's episode? Any, any predictions? What do you guys think? Navarro. Back to Navarro. Yeah. But I think this is where we get our meetup with grief and Cara Dune episode it's you you want to you want to build that dramatic tension they they said that he's going to see ahsoka so the collective hardcores you know hearts are beaming right now so they you 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 do you have him go somewhere else for at least one episode and then he goes to ahsoka the next one and i think that that that's a he needs to fix the ship so i think that that's a good um you know, place for him to go do that. He's got some connections Mm -hmm. and stuff. That was sort of my thought too, is like this ship is held together with strings. So, uh, though he said his intention is to take, uh, the child to Ahsoka. I think that's inevitably, he's not going to make it. Something's not working right. Blah, blah, blah. They're going to have to stop and fix that ship. So I think it'll actually be not this Friday, but that, end of the episode next friday we'll like we'll see her i a little bit of a misdirection well sort of yeah in 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 thinking that hey at the end of this episode he's going to uh the what corvus or or 
this other yeah. planet to find Ahsoka, but in reality, next episode they're going to take him. Well, I think he's attempt. He's going to attempt, and he's going to yeah. not be able to make it probably because that ship is yeah. in bad shape. <laughs> I mean, there's parts falling yeah. off when he when he went up into atmosphere. So, I think the other uh, storyline purpose that going back to Navarro would serve is maybe looking for the armorer and being being like. Hey, I met these Mandos, and now my whole world started yeah, upside down. What's up with like that? Yeah, I feel like you only gave me yeah. part of the information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's telling the truth here? Well, I mean, yeah, I feel like they're I, both I, I t- telling the truth. It's just their perspective and opinions. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen that um, internet uh, conspiracy theory or not uh, speculation that the armor might be Rook cast? Hmm. It's possible. Uh, I, I have not seen it. Hear that? Be- because I think a lot of people associate the armorer's helmet with the same helmet that the Maldalorians were yeah. wearing. I think it's a little oh, different because bit, the horns quite a are bit different. Yeah, yeah, they're more rounded and just kind of pointy, whereas uh, like a dull, dull round point. Whereas the Maldalorians clearly had kind of like the jagged. Well, yeah, and also the armors go straight them, so. down the middle of her helmet across from ear to ear. And the, the mall ones were more like four points, Northwest, Southeast, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not sold on the Rook cast. Well, I mean, well, I'm not um, either. It's a theory. I, yeah. I think there's only like, we only know so many female Mandalorians and which ones would be on that particular death watch side of the yeah. fence, which she's like potentially the only one we have an, a name for. Yes. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would put forward that all of the best Mandalorians are female. Oh, I agree. But most of them are like mm-hmm. Clan Ren and Clan Krees, and they're like fighting the good fight, not. Oh, not no, the I know, I know. Religious I mean, zealots. And <laughs> <laughs> that the, this one's being painted yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that's a good point. I, I, um, I think we'll have to wait and see because I think that's honestly one of the better kept secrets i think at this point who in the, the armor show is? is is who the armor is yeah i, 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 I mean, think it's fair to say that could be a new character too yeah who we'll find I, out I was affiliated awesome with death watch in know. some way but um i don't think it mm-hmm. is necessarily somebody we've ever seen she could be yeah. related to somebody too mm-hmm. they like yeah. to do that obviously oh the family <laughs> she's gar saxon's like daughter oh. dun 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 <laughs> maybe taking vengeance out on people i don't know um i'd love to know what happened to paz too like where's paz vizsla i would like to know where he could he have went. been one of the what so. which that like i think he's directing he could be yeah he, he could have died because uh, i i still believe that what the armor was saying at down in the covert was that a bunch of those mandalorians were killed by the the empire when the empire came in because mm. the empire so you know our our secrecy is what kept us safe or whatever she said along those lines. And then when they revealed themselves, yes, the bounty hunters left and scattered, but then the empire knew that they were there and came in and wiped them out because that's a thing that the empire has been doing due to order 67. I'm going to make that a thing. The order 66 is the Jedi (laughs) order 67 67 is the Mandalorians. Um, (laughs) 
So maybe he died in that, or nice. maybe he went to hide somewhere else. But uh, there's a pile of armor that used to belong to somebody that's now, yeah, not, not there. I'd I'd like to yeah. see a flashback of that uh, sequence, just because every other time we've seen Mandos and Stormtroopers, they're like owning yeah. the Stormtroopers hard. Like think about like mm-hmm. the armor beating them with their ha- her hammers, or you know this this heist of the uh, the cruiser. It's just it's it yeah. might. I'm I'm hoping they had like several of those, uh, you know, web cannons and death troopers. It had to have been Moff Gideon and his like actual trained up legit force with flame troopers and or purge troopers mm-hmm. and all the the whole bit, not just your standard transport stormtrooper that four Mandalorians mowed down in ten minutes this episode. <laughs> Well, and it's it's interesting because I, I guess where was the armor in all this? Because she clearly survives. She comes back to the covert and is burning the armor. So where was she when this took place or was she spared by whoever did it? I took it, it like a, a bunch of them died and some of them lived and she was one of the ones that lived and she was hanging around to do her armor thing with the literal armor and the other ones mm. ran off to go into hiding somewhere else. Uh, sort of like yeah. solemn duty. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think she was like yeah. melting down that best guard to keep it with their people, but the, the other ones had to run off. I, I I'm, you know, I'm making assumptions, but that was what I assumed. <laughs> lots, lots to, uh, lots to project for the next when, episode. But and we this had a is lot stuff from... that we've been talking about since last season. So it was, it was really fun oh, yeah. to get some clarification on that. The, the, like the monster hunter action episodes are fun and I enjoy them, but this like actual digging into the, the larger plot stuff and, and the history and that's, mm answering these open-ended questions that we've had that's the stuff that i really like get jazzed up about do you do you think we get another monster yeah, next probably, week probably or this week probably <laughs> stay with the creature I, I mean he'll do he'll they'll have some like little offshoot adventure to do to this week i'm sure yeah Well, maybe he's going to finally run out of money because he's been throwing it around like Daddy Warbucks (laughs) the last couple episodes, and now he's going to have to go do some job to pay off getting the the crest tuned up. So here's here's a good question. Calamari flan. If I cut it into quarters, can I use like a piece of it, or does it have to be the whole calamari flan? I'll bet it's jelly, but it's still like you can't just slice it. I'll bet it's still pretty sturdy. Oh. Like if it's like a hundred dollars, right? And I cut it I into four it that way. four equal parts. Is it like here? Would you want it? Would you want a quarter no. of a flan? That, <laughs> if I have I mean, a I'd if I have a twenty and cut it in half and give you a ten, you're gonna like that. <laughs> I don't think it works that way, Justin. No. Hey, I'll I'll keep that half at least at some point. Maybe I'll find another yeah. half somewhere Just in time. Playing the long <laughs> game. No, I don't. I don't think <laughs> right. Playing the long you're not, game. You're not supposed to. Uh, you're not supposed to damage uh, currency like that. It's federal offense. Yeah, very true. Mancala. <laughs> very true. Um, <laughs> so a great episode. I think by far my favorite so far oh, this season. By a long shot. I don't know about you guys. One of my um, favorite of the series. Just. Yeah. 
Yeah, just an amazing episode. Um, we can continue to speculate uh, where we're going to go with this next week and for the rest of the season. Uh, we would like to hear from all of you guys, and, and um, we do crazy hairbrain tinfoil hat kind of uh, some crazier than here. others. So we not would love not to hear mentioning any you. names. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we, so we do that a lot. We would love to hear from you guys. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts, anything else before we, uh, uh, we blow this thing and get out of here? Anything? I just like, can't wait. As soon as the episode's over, I'm ready for the next one. So let's, let's get to Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not going to wait all day ever again. That's for sure. <laughs> just can't, can't do it. It's getting harder. Well, no, I just, you know, I got to, I got to be excited about that all day. Can you imagine yeah. what kind of mood I'd be in if I like watched it right before we recorded last week? <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to talk. <laughs> You'd have just been sitting there like, oh my God, <laughs> the whole time. Um, yeah, so we we love dissecting this stuff. Um, so we're going to blow this thing get out of here. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. You got a really good feeling about this. Do you guys have any shout outs this week that you want to give out to anybody before we before we go? I do actually. Um I actually just bought like a bunch of patches and challenge coins from Ryloth Relics. I hadn't been on their site in a while and they have a bunch of new stuff. They have a mm-hmm. uh Kanan challenge coin and the Thrawn uh seventh fleet like uh, tactical patch and just uh, just a ton of new stuff and so i i basically bought everything i didn't already have um so you shout out to really them for stuff. yeah it's yeah. it's really great you're i mean you're the one that originally showed that yeah. to us so yeah um, got us that patch so um yeah and that was uh that was when he had maybe four or five things up on his yeah. site and he's got a lot more now um so his business is growing and we we love supporting uh the makers out there and the small businesses so um make sure you guys get out and check them out because there's lots of cool stuff out there um etsy on the web different places um one that i just actually got i'm going to give a shout out to uh luminous beings limited uh they released their uh i'm no jedi hat um it's this beautiful orange color uh and then it has like the white brim with the the blue kind of to represent the leku and then on the back it says uh, i'm no jedi it's got a velcro strap it's super comfortable um but i i picked one up from them i'll get some pictures up uh on the interwebs here after the show um but if you guys get a chance check them out but please 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 especially during this time where uh things are kind of ramping up in the covid world and it looks like everybody's heading for another shutdown support those small businesses if you can um make donations to uh those businesses and charities uh we've got our charity going on for um trans legal rights right now as well um if you it's it's all over our social media um go check it out um if you're able to donate anything uh, we would greatly appreciate it um but yeah get out there and support this the the makers support the small businesses people i don't know if i mentioned this on air yet but i actually ordered a uh, captain rex helmet off of etsy from a shop called imperial armorer one word 
I don't know if she's actually up right now. She was down for a while to get caught up on orders, but uh, it was a great deal. And actually, my helmet came with the little greeblies to attach to it, and my dog got a hold of the plastic bag because he loves a plastic bag, and he no. chewed them all up. And she got me replacement pieces in like a week, uh, which was awesome. So nice. shout out to That's Imperial cool. Armor. Don't forget, you can also check us out every Friday night. Um, we do our Razor Crest recap there. show, uh, Razor Crest React show on Friday nights at seven thirty um, live. Come chat with us in our comments. Uh, we love hearing. From Don't you guys. post spoilers online. Just come talk to us on yeah. Friday. Talk to us about it in the YouTube. Talk to people who've seen the show. Don't post it. It's annoying. It's yes. rude. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good place to like just let it all out, right? Just talk with your fellow people about Star Wars. Just get it out there. Um, and then people don't yell at you for posting spoilers, which is great. Um, if you don't watch the show, but then you watch our show, yeah, we're You're in trouble. Don't do that. So Bad move. probably watch the show first. Um, but anyway, uh, if you want to email us, you can always send us emails. Uh, you can reach us at show at starwarsfriends.com. Uh, um, you can find us all over Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SWFriendsShow. Um, you can find me, uh, Justin, on Twitter at I am the Ben Do. Where one year anniversary. Yeah, that was my Twitter one year anniversary. Ooh, anniversary. Ooh. I just started the Twitter for the this Twitter. show. So the, the Twitter, Twitter for this show, uh, and my one year anniversary was today. So go me, <laughs> Josh. Where can they find you? Uh, this is Josh, uh, aka Low Maneuver. And my mixtape is dropping uh, real soon. <laughs> and uh, I got I got to see the album cover oh, for this. I'm working on it. I'm wor- <laughs> I'm looking for a brick wall to take pictures in front. I'm looking hard with my Star Wars gear. Uh, yes. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tonight. Kyle, uh, what about you? Uh, this is Kyle. I am KB underscore Legend, and I am like so so jealous of little maneuvers. That's like. <laughs> the best name uh i'm gonna change my twitter i'm now at lil maneuvers on twitter and instagram and, and, and it's it's, you, you little, it's also it's lil maneuver oh lil maneuver just, just one, one maneuver you only have one he's <laughs> <laughs> got one <laughs> uh no i'm kb underscore legend it's been my brand for a long time <laughs> we're gonna i'm gonna think of a great rap star wars name i already love it i don't even know what it is and i love it already all right um anyways if you guys want um please make sure you go out uh like subscribe uh anyone wherever you listen rate and review um apple spotify yeah spotify rate and review um again we love hearing from you guys um and feel free to drop out drop us an email reach out to us uh we're here all the time vibing Um, man but we'll leave it yeah tell us about star wars yeah 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 Star Wars, is that what we're supposed to talk I'll about? I'll actually talk show? about whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I like snacks oh. and I other thought it was stuff. 80s yeah, movies. Oh. We can movies. talk 80s movies. Chris isn't here. <laughs> Sorry. What's your favorite 80s movie? <laughs> Chris yeah. isn't here. All right, let's go. Let's go. Um, all right, we love you guys, and let's end this in classic fashion. May the Force be with you. Always. Hey friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.